0: I'm Coach Corey Wayne, and today we're going to talk about the Kim Potter trial, which just wrapped up. I'm here with Estefania.
1: Hello, guys. How our, are you? <laughs> our
0: talented journalist with a master's degree from the U, University of Miami.
1: That is correct. It's all about the U, they say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we're going to talk. So Kim Potter just got found guilty, and if you're not familiar with the case... This happened in April, April 11th of 2021. So, and you can see the video, it's out there. So they were arresting a guy. Um, who was it that, that they were Dante Wright.
1: During a traffic stop. They were doing this tra- traffic stop and Dante Wright was in the car. That was what happened.
0: And he had like an outstanding warrant for his arrest or something like that?
1: Correct. Yes. So
0: once they ran his information, found out there was a warrant, they wanted to take him into custody.
1: And he resisted, they said, um, when they stopped him. So he resisted when, arrest? Yeah. Was he
0: trying to get away or fighting or wrestling with it the cops? It wasn't even
1: getting away. It was the fact I think he he didn't like the way the cops were coming at him. And like you see in the video, it was just a little messy the way it was. Like his door was open and it wasn't even like the door was shut like or with a window usually when past incidents. So the door was open And he was just there sitting and they were just like talking back and forth and he didn't want to get up. And that's when the whole incident occurred with the taser and then the gun. When Kim Potter's talking about the taser, she says, I'll tase you and taser, taser before she fired her handgun. So she definitely mistaken her handgun with her, the taser with the handgun and shot one bullet. She only shot one bullet. And that's when the car Started to um, go a little forward because I think his
0: was he in the car or was he on the ground when
1: so it was like half body like half body there like if that makes sense if the door was opened he was like sitting and like the leg was out and then I think one of the, the right leg was in oh so part so
0: what was this his foot was on the with the brake pedal
1: still yes or gas pedal. Yes, the and gas. So
0: pedal. when he got shot, then his foot came off and you said the car started rolling yes. forward. Yes.
1: And that's when you hear Kim Potter saying, "Oh, I shot him." And like you see clearly in the in the video that the other cops were kind of like, "Oh lord." Like they knew they knew what was going to happen in the next few days and stuff like that, but it was just like upsetting to see the fact that a trained dumb police officer mistaken. She was gun. a twenty
0: six year veteran too. Correct.
1: Twenty six. And she had nineteen years in training with the taser. Taser. So she had that training. So I did notice that you said you had experience in the with the guns and you said that sometimes you need to go back in training just in case Yeah, so
0: the reality is is and I have friends in the local police force guys that I train with personally, and you may, if you've ever seen the videos and the interview the Second Amendment documentary we did with uh, John Dufresne of kineticconsulting.net, Mocha Bear Actual, as we know him. Um, He trains a lot of police officers, and like one of our local police forces where I live, I'm not going to name which one, but they get four hours of firearms training for the whole entire year. And usually what that amounts to is them going to the range and training with paper targets, which are stationary. They're not moving, they're not shooting at you. And it's not a kind of a real world force on force. And so every year they have to qualify for whatever pistol that they carry, rifle or shotgun that they have to have. And because I I train a lot, And I personally fire tens of thousands of rifle, five, five, six rounds and nine millimeter rounds. And typically, if shooting is a perishable skill, if you don't practice on a consistent basis, what tends to happen, especially with a pistol is when you're holding the pistol, and especially when you're stressed, your natural instinct, if you don't practice enough is to pull hard back on the trigger when you do that your red dot or your iron sights are going to dip down and and to the left typically when you're pressing on it and that's why a lot of times you see in police shootings is that the officer gets nervous because he's never had anybody shooting at him before because he's never done any force on force training with non-lethal training missions like the utm rounds that i train with john and some of the other guys i train with And so it's a whole other dimension because if you're just shooting at a paper target, it's easy to be calm and be relaxed. But when you got rounds coming at you and somebody's shooting at you and you've never experienced this before, your heart rate goes up, you get nervous, you tense up. And if you haven't practiced this, which almost all law enforcement and they never do any force on force training. And that's why when these guys get into actual gunfights themselves you'll see them empty their magazines trying to hit a suspect and not even hit the guy once and then end up oftentimes hitting an innocent person because all arounds the that they sent down range. And so with somebody being in the police force, you think tw- with 26 years and if she's only annually qualifying, which is a lot of these agencies do. And I, we see their targets down the range because I've, I've been on the range with these guys and Just like John says, he says, most police, I would not want shooting near or around me. And if you ever train with CQB, close quarters battle, where you're going in the shoot house, you're doing things with team-based CQB, you have to know where your barrel is at at all times. Even though you're using non-lethal rounds, you train with all this. And if the police aren't training with this and they get into a stress situation, that's why they shoot a lot of bullets and they oftentimes don't hit the suspect or they hit the suspect and they hit hit other people just cuz they haven't been trained properly and everything is budget driven if there's no money in the budget for it they're not going to get it and that's why i am a firm believer in that you cuz i think the stats back it up too i think it's like a when you compare like police officers versus people that have concealed carry license that a police officers i think it's more than 3 times more likely to shoot an innocent person versus a concealed carry and it's just because of training because people that love guns like i do and train a lot like i do you it gets to become a part of you You become so familiar with the gun you're familiar with the texture of it, it literally becomes like an actual appendage of your body and i i train pistol and rifle and transitioning back and forth between the two if there's a malfunction or whatever and Grabbing a taser and or grabbing your gun when you're trying to grab the taser that is just somebody that hasn't trained properly because it's all budget driven and on top of that something we were talking about earlier off camera is that Kim obviously didn't she didn't look like she was in shape doesn't look like she ever exercised she's overweight and she's been in the police force she's probably assuming her 40s now at this point
1: yeah she's currently 49
0: what's 49
1: yeah, she's forty-nine so She's been so forty-nine
0: hormones. years old. You don't exercise. Your your diet's going to tend to suck. You're going to have a lot of brain fog. Your sensory acuity is not going to be high. Maybe she was tired, stressed out, hadn't been getting much sleep or whatever. And if she didn't practice enough, and it, it's understandable how something like that could happen. It's a tragedy. It sucks. And so she just recently got. Found guilty, but somebody like me who trains a lot, like I'm 51, and so I know if I don't take care of myself, if I'm not having the green juice, Mm -hmm. if I'm not exercising, and I goof around for a week or so, it's like I'm going to be getting brain fog, and I might. I can tell mentally, I'm just not going to be that sharp. And if you got somebody who's a police officer, it's not taking care of herself. It's it's understand, and then the fact that she's not getting the proper training.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, you can see, you feel bad for, but. I mean, at the end of the day, it's she pulled pulled her gun and shot the guy and mm-hmm. he lost his life. And we were talking about the um, the truck driver who got sentenced to 110 years. it's We're a nation of laws and the law is the law. You know, Lady Justice has the blindfold on and the and the scales of justice are mm-hmm. supposed to be impartial and blind. And so the law says what the law says.
1: At true. federal law or any law, you have to follow it.
0: And it's ignorance sacred. of the law, oh, I didn't know, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, she pulled her gun, she shot the guy instead of pulling her taser. And like I said, that's just lack of training, sloppy training, probably, you know, budget driven, especially with all the defund the police nonsense that's going on in the last few years. It's, you know, that just makes the training that the police get even worse. And so what happens is you get police officers showing up and not knowing how to handle situations, not knowing how to handle their weapon properly. I think like what John was saying was that a gun is a low-use, high-consequence tool. And if you don't train, especially like with force-on-force force in the shoot house like, like we train with where you actually have other people hiding in there somewhere – could be behind a couch, could be behind a bookcase, could be hiding in a corner. You just don't know where they're at and it's dead quiet and you're methodically opening doors and clearing rooms and, you know, pining into the room and hiding as much as your of your body as possible. So you can see the bad guy before they see you and you can put rounds on target and take them out. You know, you get... And then when you – because there are other times that you're going to go in a room and you're not going to know where they are and they're going to see you because they know what door you're going to come through and you start hearing the rounds impact – impacting the walls around you and because you know, I go up against guys that are better shooters than me and I go up against a lot of guys that just simply aren't and they get nervous and they start shooting a lot of rounds because they're trying to hit me first because it stings when you get hit
1: and you don't want to <laughs> get
0: hit obviously even though it's a simulated gunfight it's the closest thing you're going to get to to the real thing and so i I remember when the when i was taking john's weaponized geometry class or was clearing this room and there was this guy i I didn't know i i just met him i'd never seen him before and he could tell he got nervous and he was emptying his magazine trying to hit me and the rounds kept hitting the wall i couldn't tell where the dude was was at and finally i was able to see him and one one shot took him out oh wow (laughs) but you know he emptied his magazine trying to hit me it was because he got nervous and his heart's beating fast and you you have to get under stress like that so when you get in if you do get into a real world gunfight you draw your weapon you put your dot where it's supposed to be and you calmly easily ease the trigger back so the dot stays on target until the trigger breaks and then the, the round goes off and like I was saying earlier, what happens in those situations when people don't train with force on force is they get nervous, they squeeze the gun tighter, they pull the trigger tighter, and it makes the gun dip. And so each time they pull the trigger, the gun is dipping, and you know by the time the round the trigger goes off, you're you're not on the target anymore. So when the bullet comes out of the gun, you don't hit the person.
1: Nah, and then you may hit something else or some other person, like you said.
0: And so people that know what they're doing and that have trained competently, thats especially when you do a weaponized geometry class, the thing that was surprising to me is how few times I actually fired just because I always had it got a hit. And that's just the result of good training. And that's what you want because at the end of the day, you're responsible for all the rounds that come out of your weapon and you got to make sure what's behind what you're shooting at because bullets don't always stop even when – you're using hollow point rounds, which are designed to open up and reduce. You know, in other words, um, give all the force of the impact of the bullet to what you're hitting, and so the the bullet opens up. And the idea is that it stays in them, but that doesn't always happen. The bullets will go through people, and if there's somebody behind them, even if you took out the bad guy, if the bullets go through them and you hit an innocent person you're going to jail. If you shoot at somebody and you miss them and you hit an innocent person, you're going to jail. So there's high consequences for those things. And that's why Mm -hmm. the gun is a a last resort. But if you're going to have one, you need to train properly. And unfortunately, the way things are in the country right now, especially with all the defund the police nonsense that's going on, all you're doing is causing police training and the quality of their training to decrease even more so you know, over time, you're going to see a higher incidence of innocent people getting shot or things like the, the Kim Potter thing happening just because she'd never – if she'd have practiced that with UTM rounds and got under and was doing this on a monthly basis for a few hours a month because you need at least two hours a month minimum of training, two to four ideally once a month or at least every six weeks just to keep your, your skills sharp because I've gone six months without training, just especially with all the shenanigans with the lockdown. And I remember when I got first time I got back out there with John, I was really surprised at how rusty I was. And you know, the moving and shooting drills, that's when you're, you're walking with the rifle and you're shooting and you know, the ground's uneven. And so you got to kind of time where the dot is and, and when you shoot and when you pull the trigger and then transitioning back and forth between pistol and rifle. It's, it's a lot to do and it's expensive. Guns are expensive, the ammunition's expensive. And when you look at police officers who are on a fixed budget, it's understandable why they really can't afford to spend the the money paying somebody to train them and spending the money on ammunition as well.
1: Definitely not a money and the gun is a, a deadly weapon. I don't like guns, but they I agree that's the last resort to use because it can
0: Yeah, you don't like guns because you haven't trained enough to where they... Because it's intimidating at first because you know you're dealing with a lethal weapon. Correct. But when you train with them enough, they become part of you. And so you become totally competent, totally Mm -hmm. safe in your ability. But you got to always practice, especially doing dry fire practice. Like what we do is we'll take like a zip tie and put the zip tie in the slide. And so what that does is it keeps the slide from going all the way back in the battery and then... You can just practice in your house, putting your dot or your iron sights on whatever the target and easing the the trigger back and making sure your dot or your iron sights stay on the target versus trying to pull the trigger too quick. You notice your dot will dip and that's how you get used to what it feels like to pull your trigger back. And so when you actually are shooting the gun for real on the range, it's just you're going through the motion. It -hmm. all becomes automatic, unconscious competence, if you will.
1: Hmm. Well, then I have to be in a gun range and try to figure that out so I can be a little more confident. We'll with get the... you out
0: there with the mocha bear. <laughs> He'll train you properly.
1: I definitely will be down for that. But going back into um, the amount of years that she may face. She...
0: And trains with people that are former special forces guys and some of the other dudes that I train with people that are some of the best shooters in all the southeastern United States. I'm somebody like me is going to have way better training than your average police officer is going to. But there are some cops that love guns as well and they love to train and we see them down at the range all the time and they're very very good shooters. But the overwhelming majority of police officers they they barely shoot their gun just once a year for their annual qualification and so if you're calling the police and you need somebody with a gun to come and protect you or save you, there's a really good chance that police officer is going to show up and not be very competent on their rifle or their pistol. And so if if things ever went bad, I'd personally feel more comfortable relying upon myself, but obviously there's always consequences with that because even if you use your gun it's totally in self-defense even if it's caught on video you're going to get sued by the criminal's parents that you sh- or family that you you shot probably and the criminal if the criminal survives is going to sue you because you're going to get some dirtbag ambulance chasing attorney that's going to think oh that person's got money or they got an insurance policy we can go after and recoup some cash and so you, you know you're going to probably get prosecuted as well I mean, all you have to do is look at what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. That was all on video. It was all all out there for the world to see. And it was pretty obvious, even the New York Times, a year before the trial had happened and he got acquitted, had gone through the videos that were available. And it clearly showed that it was obviously self-defense. So when he got acquitted, it was not surprising at all. We actually even did a video. uh, It's called What Really Happened to Kyle Rittenhouse. And we went through all the the facts of the case, but like I said, I, I look at her, and as a guy who trains a lot on pistol and rifle, you can just tell she's just not somebody that was did enough training, and it's budget driven. And if there's no money in the budget, they're not going to get trained.
1: That is true. And going back into the video, and we see the video in the, on the TV. He was Dante was obviously in handcuffs when this was going on and everything was going fine until he was getting inside. Like he was, I don't know. He opened the door, his foot got in the pedal. And then it was just like a big struggle. I think I see one of the cops trying to. Ooh.
0: So the bottom line is he's not comply complying.
1: No, he didn't. So comply, they, he though.
0: took off at one point.
1: He shot. He got shot. So that was the moment he got shot. Oh, so shot. he got
0: shot and drove away.
1: Well, the the yeah, well, the pet, his foot, I wouldn't say drove away. It was just in the moment when he got shot. Like if you get shot and your your foot is in the pedal, it's just going to go. But he died. I see. Yeah,
0: because your body t- tends to tense up. A I've seen people more. that have... Like I was watching a video of, of there was a guy who was in the back seat and there was a girl sitting in the front seat of his car and a dude next to him. And she was playing with his... um pistol and he says you're making me nervous and she pointed the pistol right at him and shot him shot shot the dude right in the head i'm sorry he was in the driver's seat so um i think she was in the passenger seat and so she shot him in the head and as soon as he he got shot i mean his whole body tensed up and you can hear the engine revving they were actually parked because his foot slammed on the gas so i'm assuming that's what happened in
1: the same with dante's
0: case he got shot his body tensed up Mm -hmm. and he hit the gas
1: Which is very terrible. I mean, he was young also when he died, and Kim Potter was charged with two, with the two manslaughter charges. So she's, we're not sure the years they're gonna give her, but her sentence is next year in February. And we see, we we so she got found
0: guilty on both accounts. Yes, she got found. And do you know what the statute calls for, as far as sentencing guidelines?
1: She could be facing up to 15 years in prison for first degree murder, first degree manslaughter charge, and maybe 10 years in prison for second degree manslaughter. So she's looking at a good 25 years in prison.
0: That's maximum?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they can give her more, but that's maximum. So with good
0: behavior and all that, she might end up getting out after, what, 5 or 10 years or something like that?
1: Probably. They did not say much of that, but...
0: The interesting thing is, like, a lot of people have been making the case because, I, you know, on social media, they're like, well, what about Alec Baldwin? He killed somebody by accident that was one of his – somebody that he was working on the crew with, the cinematographer, shot her by accident, didn't check the weapon, didn't practice proper gun safety, and he killed somebody by accident. No charges have been filed against him. You wonder, well, why is that?
1: Mm. Especially
0: in California.
1: Oh, that's a big one, too. I mean, I just know he definitely, yes, he was scared when that happened, but I don't know why they didn't check the gun. They should have checked before. And I think they do. the Because
0: Alec Baldwin's an idiot. That's one of these guys, anti-gun dudes, that's always running his mouth about guns like he's some kind of expert on Twitter. And, you know, he ends up going and killing one, somebody that, he, that worked for him, one of his own employees, because he didn't practice proper gun safety one-on-one. You know, what's interesting, like the UTM rounds is, you know, normal bullets, the firing pin is in the center, but with the UTM rounds, they have a different bolt. So the bolt actually fi- fires, it hits around the outside. So even if you get real ammunition mixed up in there, it's not going to go off because the firing pin is never going to hit the primer cap. Mm. And that's what's one of the nice things about the UTM guns. Plus they're blue. The slide has blue on it. And, you know, the rounds are completely different. So you're you're not going to shoot. Like I said, even if you were able to, to load it with real bullets, the, it's not going to go off because the firing pin's in a different place. So for illustrative purposes, this is a 5.56 five, round. This f- is for my SPR, which stands for Special Purpose Rifle. This is actually a Black Hills Ammunition 77 grain, um, 5.56. Five, it's special match tip which this is for distance shooting. And so this is a 5.56 UTM round. So you can see the little top that's bullets got like a little plastic kind of a cage. And so there's some uh, usually paint in here, blue, yellow, red, different colors. And so if you look at the back of these two rounds, you can see the the UTM round has a different type of primer versus the 5.56. which if you look here the primer is in the middle whereas the firing pin it hits the UTM round tends to hit it on the outside it doesn't hit it in the middle and that's how even if you accidentally put the wrong magazine in there it's not going to fire on you which quite frankly if uh we were talking about what's his name Alec Baldwin if he was using like a UTM type of round they would have never had to worry about accidentally shooting somebody. But you can tell these are – this is your non-lethal training munition, which stings when you get hurt with it. And this obviously is the full um, match grade 5.56 around. And this will go about – my particular rifle can go up to about 800 yards and still be accurate, which is basically eight football fields end to end. And – so that's, that's the difference between UTM training rounds, which most police never even use. This is what a lot of special forces guys use, military law enforcement that does train. Typically, your SWAT teams and stuff are going to use this stuff versus the full you know Black Hills, which is what the military uses. Really great rifle round, which these things are really hard to come by now, especially with uh, ammunition being, being the way it is. So I'll give you an example, the difference between the two. And so training properly with a UTM style round is the way you want to go.
1: Wow, thank you for the gun lesson and the lesson for the bullets cuz I was not sure of how the bullets worked, but now each bullet does a different damage. So wow, and target.
0: It's a non-lethal round, but it definitely stings when it hits you. It's got a little paint in it. So when it hits you cuz you know, you got usually you want to wear thick clothing cuz if you're shot with bare skin, it will break the break the skin. But, I mean, that's they call it the bee stings. Yes, and so yes. it's meant to sting a little bit because, you know, you just expose too much of your body when you're pying into a room or whatever and you got shot. Those are the kinds of things that help you get to the point where when you go into the shoot house against other people, you shoot them, but they don't see you before you got them. Too. comes with time and repetition. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, the other thing is I watch, you know, police videos where I've seen police officers go in with their rifles and people are shooting at them and just watching a dude run in, I'm like, man, that's not the way I go into the house. And then the cop goes in there and he runs into the house and because he didn't get proper training with CQB and he gets shot, takes the suspect out, but he he gets shot himself in the process. Wow. All all comes back to training.
1: Training is for everything. I think for any profession, you need training as a doctor, as police officer, as a journalist, all the training that you can get is It's going to work for your experience and makes you a better person for your field. And, um, I definitely agree that the police officers definitely need more training, a refresher every month because they go out in the field, they risk their lives. And a lot of things happen each year. Crazy things happen in the streets. It's scary to like, to go out there. It's scary to be a police officer. I feel, but proper training will help ease things out. um, probably avoid certain incidents that have been happening these past few years that's what i think and with Kim parter she she literally found was found guilty before the holidays and now she has to stay in jail and now her life is going upside well, her down her life's
0: ruined and so is dante's life that's his true. is over
1: dante's life his family's they're, they they're destroyed they the family lost a son mm-hmm. lost a child nobody wants to lose a child Especially a uh, twenty in his teens, twenty year old, he definitely had his whole life ahead of him.
0: But also, he should not have been resisting arrest. That's another because if he'd have complied, that probably would not have never happened.
1: I think because that- bad
0: things happen when you try to fight the police. You know, there was an old song, "I Fought the Law" and the "Law One." I think it was from <laughs> like the nineteen fifties or something like that. It's true. You know, it's better to fight it out in court because if you you start a scuffle with the police, you're dealing with people that probably their training sucks and mm-hmm. they get nervous and you might end up with somebody like a Kim Potter. So it's if you're going to resist arrest, you're, you're taking your life into your own hands that you might come across somebody that's just having a bad day or they got brain fog or their training sucks and you get killed or injured in the process. It's just, it's not worth it.
1: I definitely agree. It's definitely not worth it. But also when it comes to incidents like this, don't get me wrong, police like to use their force when it comes to arresting people. They use excessive force. Example, what happened to George Floyd and stuff like that. You know, the excessive uh, force wasn't necessary. He was already down in the ground. I do know for a fact my parents, my mother always told me me that if the cops ever stopped you, listen to him because he's literally the law. He can do whatever. He can say whatever. And it sucks. But we don't want to be in a position where we may not go home or something else can happen. So unfortunately we have to listen to them, but at the same time, they should also be, um, not, they shouldn't be using excessive force if anything. Yeah. Well, I'm always caught,
0: even though I'm a a pasty white guy and people would say, wow, you got white privilege or whatever. (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, I, I know what, The training is for a lot of these police officers because I got friends, family and law enforcement guys I train with. And the majority of police officers, they just don't get the proper training. And so I'm always assuming that it's like before, you know, when I get pulled over, I got my insurance card, I got my driver's license, I got my registration in my hands. And I got my hands on the steering wheel because I don't want to get shot by accident if I end up coming across a cop who is an idiot or sucks or is incompetent. And so it's like you want to take all the variables out because I've seen a lot of cases where, you know, guys wait for the police to show up and they're like, oh, what do you want? Oh, I need your driver's license registration. And they go digging around their pocket for it and you get a jumpy cop What's got bad training, you know, goes back to – what's his name? Philando uh, Castile. I wrote about that in my second book, Mastering Yourself. And you watch the video, it's the same thing. You got a jumpy cop. He doesn't know this guy. He gets scared. The dude's reaching and is oh, he's like, I got my concealed carry, and he digs right. In. Oh, don't do! That. And then the guy sh- shoots him, because he freaked out, because it, it it happens so fast. We watch videos of police that get shot and killed in the line of duty. It's just, I mean, that's you don't have time to even react or move out of the way in a lot of cases. And then your life's over, and so. You get a poorly trained, nervous cop who's probably been working a lot of hours, doesn't have a lot of sleep, or somebody who's obese and out of shape, like Kim Potter, is, and you're you're creating a situation where there's a lot of risk in it. You know, you're creating a lot of downside risk for yourself. So it's just better to yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, comply, give them what they want, have your doc, all the documents in your hand, be polite, crack some jokes, be nice. I always. Treat them like when I was in the construction industry, I was always super nice to the people that worked at the building department. Because a lot of these guys, a lot of times I work for the building department, had failed in business and had failed as contractors. And they could be real pricks and say, Well, I'm not passing that. Whereas if you're nice to them and you're friendly and you ask them for advice or input on things and they get to know you a little bit, if there's something that's, you know, your steel's not tied properly or it's missing a hoop or whatever. In one of your beams and you need to pour the next morning you don't have time to call in another inspection and wait another 24 hours for the dude to show up he'll be like oh, i'll just put that hoop in there and because the, the billing department guy will trust you that you're going to do the right thing because he likes you and so i treat police officers the same way i treat them like as an ally and a friend even if they're grumpy or in a bad mood or whatever. i just try to be as nice and respectful as possible so i can get my ticket and mm. go on my way and send it to my attorney or like in florida we have the ticket clinic and they're absolutely amazing when you get a ticket you don't have to go to court you don't have to deal with any of that you just pay your little fee to them sometimes you pay court costs sometimes if you got a lot of tickets you got to do a little driving school but you can do it online you get no points in your mm-hmm. license it's worth it let let the attorneys deal with it later yeah because if, if you if you resist the cops or you're a dick or you're digging around in your hands or your purse waiting for them to come because you know what they're going to ask for they always want driver's license registration and your proof of insurance as soon as you get over to the side of the road you should be pulling that stuff out and by the time he gets to your window i always roll my windows down as well so the cop can easily see in the car and make it easy for him because again i'm i'm making it obvious he can see everything basically dropping my pants if you will. And I, he can see that I got my documents in my hand and they're on a the steering wheel. I'm not taking any chances. And I've just seen a lot of video where people have gotten themselves shot because they're either resisting or they're digging around their pockets or their purse mm-hmm. and they're making sudden movements, going into their waistband. And like I said, you get a cop that hasn't gotten much sleep and they're tired and they're stressed and they're pissed off and the last person they pulled over tried to punch them or whatever. They're already keyed up. It's it's not worth it. You're gonna lose. Why create a bunch of unnecessary risks for yourself and your family?
1: That is true. I do remember. I had it. I had a little incident. It was happened last year. It was in August. I just moved down to Florida. I was in the Doral area. During that time, there was the curfew, so we weren't supposed to be out there after ten. I do I do recognize that was a big mistake of myself. But it was just getting food. I the was The
0: unconstitutional with a- curfew.
1: Yes. I was just getting food with a friend at that time. And I remember the cops did pull me over. So I had to pull over. The cop came towards my window. Everything was fine. I gave him what he needed. I was talking to him. And the person that was in the driver's seat was just quiet. And um, the cop didn't do anything. But then for some reason, the cop just started to flick his light in- inside. And started to ask questions to my to the um, to the passenger. At the time the passenger was of color. So I started to notice a change in his tone, a change in his uh reaction when he was talking to me and to my friend. So at that time, I didn't know what was gonna gonna happen. I I was a little scared, but I just kept like trying to have the police officers focus on me and not that person. And while I was talking, the police officer was looking at my friend and just pointing the light at him, like if he was a threat. And, like, I was calm. I was obviously getting all the paperwork just talking to him. And he just gave me a different reaction. And I got scared for the first time because that has never happened to me. Yeah, because,
0: Willie, from the cop's perspective, you're being kind and friendly. And your person that's in the driver's seat is being totally quiet. And so right away, the cop's going to go, why is this guy so quiet? Is he trying to hide something? Has he been drinking? Is he on drugs?
1: That could be, too. But he... In I, other
0: words, he's acting like he's guilty of something. Or I, maybe he was just nervous and he was frozen.
1: I, well, when I, talk, when, when I talk to him, he's always scared when it comes to the cops. Like him being stopped with the cops, with all the incidents that happen with the cops and of people of color, there's always like big incidents that's happened. So he doesn't talk and he doesn't touch anything because I told him not to touch anything either just in case. Cause I didn't want nothing. I didn't want that. Did captain. he have
0: all of his stuff out, his license and everything else?
1: No, it was me. I was the one who was driving.
0: Oh, I thought you said he was in the driver's seat. No, no, no I was. In the he was the passenger.
1: Side. He was in the passenger. I was driving, so I was the one who took out the paperwork and I was talking to him kindly. Cause usually when you get stopped, when you get stopped, the driver is the one being questioned, not yep. the passenger. Right. Yep. That has happened all the time when I was in the car with my mom. My mom would be questioned when she's in the driver's seat and I'm in the passenger's seat, and I say nothing. I don't even touch anything because then you have the other cop looking in the other window just in case. But um I was the one who was driving. I was the one who was parked and I was talking to the cop. But he just gave me a different reaction when he saw my friend in the passenger seat. The pat I mean, the passenger doesn't really need to talk because that's not the person being pulled over. It's just the driver. But like I said, like I did feel a bit scared after the police officer looked at my friend because I didn't notice a change in his tone. And I don't like that. I don't think there should be a change like that at all because I was fine. I looked happy. I wasn't nervous. I didn't even show any yeah, signs of know, that. Have
0: you seen enough video of shootings, you know, like that, that quiet guy in the front seat, while you've distracted a cop with your kindness, he pulls a gun and shoots the cop. That could be too. That's what they're worried about. Cause it can happen any moment. And it's you know typically where things go bad for police officers is domestic violence situations because you you show up you never know what's going on and you know that's that's where cops get shot and killed is usually domestic violence calls.
1: No, that's definitely true. Definitely dangerous when. When a cop gets shot because a whole station is going to go after that person, like they're going to tear down the city to find who was the person who killed it. Yeah,
0: I remember sure. um, about six months ago, there was a, uh, a it was a FBI agents got killed because um, they were serving a warrant on somebody that had for like child pornography or something like that. And so these, I think it was four FBI officers were serving a warrant at like, I don't know, five or six in the morning. And the guy was waiting for him. I think he shot through the door and killed two of them and then it's just you know when that happens you get it's you know the call goes out and it's all available police officers it's for about 20 minutes it was just i you know i was watching the you know because i could see from my balcony i could see all the police cars going by and there were sheriff's deputies there were state troopers there were local police officers like several different agencies from all the different cities around you know going to render assistance because I think the guy barricaded himself in and I think ah, he, he offed himself or they went in and killed him. I can't remember.
1: Ooh, that's crazy. You have all those, the cops, state troopers. State troopers, I think they're the ones that scare me. They're a little more strict. I've definitely seen that, but yeah.
0: It's always better to be nice. Kill them with kindness, so to speak. <laughs> always
1: be, be nice. kind. It's
0: not worth it. Because if you're, the other thing is if you're a dick, they can come out, oh, your taillight's out. Oh, let me give you a ticket for that. Oh, you don't have insurance card. Let me give you a ticket for that. And you know, I've seen where the police also, if you're just an asshole to them, they'll write uh, uh, the uh, the upside down smiley face in the back. And so that lets the judge know that this guy was a real dick huh. to the cop. And so if you go and try to appeal it and you know the judge recognizes that you were uncooperative and he'll hammer you a little bit more. So it's... It's nothing but downside risk resisting and being a dick. Always have your documents, everything. By the time the cop gets to your car, you should have everything in your hands, hands in the steering wheel, nothing in your pockets, no digging around in your purse, your glove box. Have all that shit ready because otherwise you're just, you're ratcheting up the tension unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. Roll all your windows down so you can see in your car.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that's the safest way to do it have it, everything prepared because once that cop comes and you start to panic a little bit or look for things that's when things can go sideways if
0: you're calm the cop will be calm if you're not if you're super quiet like your friend was that's usually indicative of somebody that's got something to hide it doesn't matter what their skin color is it's like the cops gonna get suspicious of anybody that's acting a little weird
1: but see, that's the thing, though. From past experiences, when my mom, my mom got pulled over a few times when I was in the car, I didn't say anything. How many to the people car.
0: do you know in law enforcement, though? How many family members and close friends do you know that are in law enforcement that you've had these um, conversations
1: with? I had my friend, my dad's friend, used to be in the force for a long time back in New York, and then he retired. But I definitely, I remember having a talk with. Um, it was like a friend at the time. He was. I think he moved here and did the station or something like that. I did So you really haven't
0: talked to many police officers about pulling people over?
1: Not pulling people over. When I had this conversation with this person. Or asking
0: about which people are they always on the lookout for. Because there's two types of people that police officers fear. And that's people with a lot of money and people that don't fear them. And it's usually the the little short wiry guy who are the most dangerous ones it's not the big bulky muscular dudes it's always the short wiry guy because those are the the ones that have learned to fight mm-hmm. especially street fight because they're small and so they learn how to fight in ways that you know a bigger person just is not going to unless they've done jujitsu or something but it's like across the board all my friends and family and law enforcement that's what they always there's the it's a little short wiry guy that 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 they worry mm-hmm. about
1: Going back to where you're saying, I, when I had the conversation with a friend at the time, he I asked him one question: Why does a cop shoot multiple times instead of one time? I remember um, asking him that question because one thing is, if you shoot them once in the arm or a certain part of the body, they can fall down, right? But he was yeah, saying that's, they what do.
0: Pe- that's what people on TV think. Oh, shoot him in the leg, shoot him in the arm. It's like, well, when you're nervous. And you understand most police, like at least our, our local law mm-hmm. enforcement, they get four hours of firearm training a year. If they try to shoot somebody in the leg and they're nervous, they're probably going to miss.
1: And well, plus you hit yeah. the
0: femoral artery, they can still bleed out and die yeah. anyways. And so when you, you know, because the police are trained to shoot in this area here. And so when you when you shoot somebody in the chest, you basically turn a timer on to where they in essence bleed out. Mm-hmm. And if you have ever seen... People that are like high on PCP or something, you could see the cops shoot them a bunch. You know, I saw one where a guy, this is about six months ago, this guy was high on PCP, he'd wrecked his car and he came in a cop with a, a big stick, and there was a dude filming it. And he was whacking the cop in the head. The cop was bleeding and he hit him several times and he was trying to get this guy to stop. The cop kept backing up and the dude's filming. It's like, shoot this guy, shoot this guy. And finally, the cop finally shot him after he'd got whacked a few times with this big wooden stick that this guy had picked up. And then, you know, as he he shot the guy, the guy did this. He he held his chest out. he, He was doing this as he. And he literally like walked in all these bullets. And I think the cop emptied like 10, 12 Jeez. rounds into this guy. And then he get, kind of became woozy and then fell to the ground. But, you know, somebody like that that's high on PCP or something, and you shoot them a couple times, you shoot them the arm or leg, they're not going to stop coming. They're going to get their hands on you. And if they knew jujitsu or some kind of martial arts like that and they get their hands on you, they can take your weapon from you and use it on mm-hmm. you or they can choke you out and kill you right there on the this, this side of the road. And so it's like, you know, from training perspective, there's, I don't want to get into too much detail because of the video, but there's places where you can shoot people and what we call the off switch and that stops all forward momentum forever. But then again, you shoot somebody in the off switch, then, you know, everybody knows what, what that means. And there's consequences for that versus shooting somebody in the body. So those are all things you have to take into account, and you got split-second decision if you're going to use your weapon and fire. But you know, you shoot somebody in the body a bunch of times, and they'll keep coming at you, mm. and so you have to immobilize them. And trying to shoot them in the leg—if you miss, the bullet can ricochet and, and hit somebody else.
1: I think the leg is, if. I had to shoot, I would shoot on the arm or the chest. Like it's it, You're going it to shoot
0: somebody in the arm from like this right far? Here. If you're nervous, you're not going to hit them.
1: Well, see, you can't be nervous. See, you that, have proper training. that's somebody training. that's totally
0: ignorant of guns and has really no idea what they're talking about, going, oh, yeah, I'll shoot them in the arm or the leg. I'm like, no, you won't. You want to hit them. You want to stop them. If they're coming at you with a knife, somebody's got to be, I think it's like 20 feet away. If they're coming at you with a knife and you're drawing your weapon and maybe they're only 10 feet away, they're going to be on you before... You get your weapon aimed and fired. And all somebody's got to do is stab you once in the the right place and you're dead.
1: Has there been any incidents of people attacking the police? I don't think there was. Tons of them.
0: Tons of them. You can see the shootings. You can see see cops holding back, trying not to... Like there was one that happened this past year. Um, They shot this guy a couple of times and he was still able to get his hands on his partner... And um, and then the guy had to shoot him again. I think finally finally killed him. But it happens. Even if you got two people. Even you shoot a guy a bunch. Like I said, you shoot him in the body. It just turns a timer on, and basically you have to wait for them to lose enough blood before they lose consciousness, and that's what stops them.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: But it sh- anybody that says shoot him in the arm or leg, it's fucking ridiculous. It's not gonna. I mean, do the leg anything. is not
1: gonna do anything, but the arm, it can. You hit do- him and
0: you hit him in the leg and. You know, you're there's a good chance you hit the femoral artery and they still bleed out and they still die.
1: It's true, but that like even though let's say you do hit them, are they gonna fall? They can still walk. They can start limping with one leg, yep. don't don't they? That's
0: yep. what I was thinking. If it didn't hit the bone, did shatter the bone. Yeah, the leg. like. But like you're just you're assuming that you're gonna be able to hit their leg, especially if they're running towards you. Oh
1: that's no. Just, that's just that's absurd. No. I wouldn't say I was shooting the leg. I mean I mean, I've been to I had never been in a gun range, but I've seen Yeah, you haven't ever. fired
0: pistol, and you haven't tried to direct your rounds where they're supposed to go. Oh, no. And so you don't know how hard it is even just to hit a stationary target. And you think you're going to shoot somebody that's moving around in the leg or the arm and actually hit them. There's a, there's like a 99% chance you're going to miss them, and your bullets are going to go somewhere else. And every bullet that leaves your gun, you're responsible for where it goes. So if you miss them and you hit somebody else, you hit somebody's kid, now you
1: just killed an innocent person. But I mean, if you have proper person. training, you shouldn't be nervous and you should hit the target. That's what I think, right?
0: Yeah, but we, we've been talking this whole time about police officers getting four hours yeah. of training. I mean, they can't even hit somebody in their body. Oh,
1: yeah. No. And
0: then you're like, oh, yeah, but shoot them in the leg or shoot them in the arm. That's not going to happen. They're going to miss. And then you got to... The, there was a, a, a famous uh, incident last year. A guy, a police officer was being attacked by a dog and he got nervous the dog was coming at him he you know shot a bunch of times he did hit the dog but he missed a bunch of times as well and he hit the owner of the dog and it was i think it was a woman and she ended up or a guy and they ended up bleeding out and dying so he killed the dog and he killed the the person even though it wasn't even aiming at them just because he freaked out and bullets mm. ricocheted you know could you imagine it was a i don't know a pit bull or something like that
1: yeah pit but he missed dangerous. a bunch
0: of times and, you know, the pit bulls charging at them, but it's, that's what happens. You get nervous. You're, you know, you squeeze too hard on the, on the trigger and, and the gun goes down, goes this way, you're going to miss. And those bullets are going to ricochet somewhere, especially if you hit a sidewalk or concrete or asphalt, it'll, it'll shatter and you'll get shards of bullets go flying. You can hit multiple people with one bullet.
1: right there. Is there anything else you want to talk about? So when about? somebody
0: says, shoot him in the leg or the arm, they don't know what they're fucking talking about. It's total nonsense. It's not how it works in the real world. Maybe with a rifle around, maybe. And somebody that's trained a lot, but you're not going to be aiming for the leg.